It's The Difference, a podcast that sits at the intersection of politics and economics. I'm Dan O'Donnell, alongside Dave Spano, the president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. And at, at no point, I think, has politics and economics been closer because this week we are talking about some, I think, really well-founded and abject fear regarding the contagion from the collapse of two different banks. First, we knew about Silicon Valley Bank and how uh, it fell apart. The feds had to take it over on Friday. Then over the weekend, we learned all the way across the country, Signature Bank, a bank whose board features none other than Barney Frank, the co-author of the Dodd-Frank banking regulation legislation. This, Dave for lack of a better term, but I think it's an accurate term, is a mess. And, yeah. and I think a very potentially dangerous mess. It's a mess. And we, you know, talk about politics. Of course, look at where those two banks are. They're in California and New York. And so you know, we'll have to talk about what the appetite is going to be from both Republicans and Democrats when you consider where these banks are located. But you know, you're a movie guy, right? And you'll remember... Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful life. And, of course, there was the failure of that bank. And, I, Danny, do you have that Jimmy Stewart piece? You're, you're, you're thinking of this place all wrong as if I had the money back in a safe. The, the money's not here. And that's what we're talking about, the fact that it's not really in the bank. They've let that, lent that money out. And in this case with SVB, what they did is they took the money and they put it on a balance sheet, which they do, and they went in the long end of the bond. Of course, that that was a major move in interest rates. We saw 5% on a two-year treasury drop down all the way to 4%. That is a huge move. This is all coming, Dan, because of an inverted yield curve. Shorter terms, higher than longer term, that kills banks. And why is that happening? Because the Fed is trying to put out the fire of inflation of too much easy money. That is really right. the backstory. And this is something that, I mean, literally since the last banking crisis in 2008, 2009, that we've had. We've had a policy of making money very easy to get. Now, this is spurred a decade plus of economic growth, but at some point, I think it's appropriate that it's the week of St. Patrick's Day, you have to pay the piper. Mm -hmm. And it seems like that's what's going on right now. We're finally getting the bill for uh, 12, 13 years, 15 years, my goodness, it's been 15 years of easy money policies. Yep, and quantitative easing is what you're talking about. And I have said, and you've heard me say it, when we finally stop quantitative easing, which is easy money, it's free money, it was called ZERP, zero interest rate policy. When that stops, it is not going to be an easy transition, and that's what we're seeing. I also had said, eventually, by raising rates, are going to break something. This is them breaking something. This is it. We're watching it. How bad is the break? I mean, like, how realistically, how likely is it that other banks of the size of a signature or a Silicon Valley bank start to go under because there is just this panic? And as much as the president and the, the Treasury Secretary and the Fed are saying, don't panic, don't panic, don't panic, you've got a lot of people. I mean, f- for this generation of investors, for this generation of people, the Great Depression isn't a history lesson, right? We're we're you know almost a hundred years removed from the Great Depression, but the Great Recession is in our recent memory, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of people lost very nearly everything. Is there reason to be concerned that the recession that 
everyone in the world has been predicting for a long time now is going to, if not rival the Great Recession, but be bad enough that you start to see similar fallout? I don't think so. Now, who am I to say? But it, my personal opinion is that the banks are in much better financial position than they were in 08 and 09. There's no doubt about that. So all that you talked about, Dodd-Frank, for example, uh, those rules certainly enhance the bank's balance sheet. And if you look through, the big banks are in great shape. And you talked about the bank in New York. J.P. Morgan comes out and snaps them up. And Jamie Dimon, who's the CEO, he's going to be a calming voice over the next term. But there's no question that there are banks, smaller banks, who have balance sheets and have bought bonds and are getting caught in this inverted yield curve. But the Federal Reserve, Dan, can fix this. They can fix this, and they've created this problem, and all they have to do is uninvert the yield curve. And so that means stop raising rates. And if they do that, of course they can uninvert the yield curve, but as you said, inflation will be stickier, and it's going to just have to ring out over a longer period of time without the Fed continuing to take a hammer to this, because that's the tool that they have, is to pound everything over the head. But we'll have to see. We're going to get an inflation report this week, a couple of them. Then we're going to get a Fed statement in a couple of weeks. Odds of a 50 basis point hike were at 80% last week. It is now, as of today, Monday, the day we're recording this, 0% chance. And it may may not even be a quarter point. So we'll, we'll have to see what happens over the next couple of weeks. But volatility is going to be at our doorstep. Isn't, though, the bigger issue that inflation with with just kind of a natural slowing down of economic activity, although the job market has been remarkably hot. I think I saw 311,000 was the, the February number. How concerned, though, should we be if the Fed does not take the economy into a recession and and try to get it as as shallow as possible, that inflation becomes such an issue that we start to see stagflation, just the economy just naturally sort of stagnating and every bit of uh, raise that people get just gets eaten up by inflation because I think that's the real risk here, especially if the Fed just abandons it, if it gets spooked enough that, okay, we're we're even going to start lowering interest rates. Well, then we see inflation spike back up again, don't we? There's a lagging effect to everything that they're doing. And of course, we had seven rate hikes last year, one this year. There will be a lagging effect. You can start to see that the unemployment rate is starting to creep back up. This is my point. Their target of 2%, I think, is fantasy land right now. They're going to have mm-hmm. to abandon that. And their credibility is clearly at risk at the moment. And so the Federal Reserve is probably going to have to abandon 2% and say that we're going to have a higher inflation target. That doesn't mean 19 1979, 1980 inflation, that means 5% or 4% that sticks with us. And that is not something that's crippling to most. And some firms are just putting that into their price hikes at the moment. So I don't think that you're going to have the contagion, personal opinion. And I also think if they're not done, they're awfully close to being done with their rate hikes. I guess I'm just a little nervous that we don't get to three, four percent, that we're stuck with five, six percent over the next couple of years. I'll I'll clearly defer to your expertise, Dave. I just I guess I'm more of a doomsayer. But but let me ask you this question. Is the difference between three and five? That's what we're talking about, right? That's the range, three and six. Mm-hmm. That that's the range. That that is not crippling. I mean, it sucks. And there's no question about that. But but that's it's not well, crippling. But at at the same time, Dave. That's I mean, 
let's face it, both you and I are, are very high income earners. The people who listen to this podcast, they're of the investor class, mm -hmm. right? Someone who is living paycheck to paycheck, and I think by last count, we have something like 60% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, including almost half of people who make $100,000 or more. I mean, let that sink in for a second. Yep. So if you are continuing to see your budget eaten up, we've got in, in a broader sense, people who are just not able to get ahead anymore. So I, I totally get what you're saying. I guess just it, in the lower income yeah, they're crushed. spectrum. They're going to get crushed. Yeah, and, I mean, and here's the just, flip side. And here's the flip side. So now they're going to need more revenues. The budget, the Biden budget coming out is higher taxes on those who are, you're talking about the flip side of this. There's no question that he wants the income tax rate to go up. He wants the corporate tax rate to go up. I don't know if that gets through a Republican House, but that no, they, they, they need revenue. Right now they need revenue to offset because it's tax and spend. That that's the playbook, right? So that this is all together. This is economics, politics, all wrapped up in one. And again, the Fed was going to break something. You're starting to see it happen, which means they're going to have to turn tail here. And that's what I expect to see over the next couple of months. And who would have guessed that we would have seen right now? I mean, Dave, we were talking about, about them just kind of continuing to raise interest rates straight through to the point of a recession or at least yep. an economic slowdown to the point where recession or excuse me, inflation gets under control. Uh, this is something, would you call this something of a, a black swan event or was this kind of baked into the equation? No, it wasn't baked in. No. no, it wasn't baked in because no one saw it. In fact, Powell spoke last week. He said nothing of any bank stress. He did not bring it up. Bring it up. And he is the chairman of the Federal Reserve, which oversees banks. So that is something that, yeah. he, that he was not expecting. So that can be an outlier. There's no question about it. But you think about where we've been. This is we're recording this on March 13th. March 13th, three years ago, is when the world shut down. So three right. years ago, when we were all going to Johns Hopkins and looking at those uh, all those crazy reports. Look where we've been in the last three years. So is this, yeah. does this suck? Yeah. yeah, there's no question. But three years from now, do we get through this? I think we do. No, you know what? That's an excellent point, Dave, that we dealt with the ultimate black swan event three years ago, almost to the day. And, you know, we, we came out, uh, if, if not for some stupid fiscal decisions, we right. would have been even stronger than we were, namely the $1.9 trillion stimulus. But Directly, Dave, directly on party lines. Oh, yeah, 100% on party lines. Yep. And we are seeing, I think, right now, yet another unintended consequence of that $1.9 trillion stimulus that anybody who was thinking at the time was saying, okay, this is going to cause massive problems with inflation. We've seen this play before, and we sort of know how the third act goes. I mean, it, it is do, just Do you remember, by the way, do you remember a year and a month ago, I said, can you believe these dudes are continuing to buy bonds, the yeah. Federal Reserve? Can you believe it? After all of this, they continue to do it. The housing market was out of control, was going through the rough. You couldn't, you know, 12 offers on a house, and they're yeah. continuing to buy bonds. I said, what do you think the result is? The result is going to be inflation and a very high rate of inflation. So am I pounding the table? I'm literally pounding the table. Um, <laughs> well, you should, because, I mean, it's, you cannot, this is Milton Friedman's helicopter dump. What do you think is going to happen if money magically falls from the sky? 
prices go up, you deal with the exact same thing that we're dealing with right now. It happens every single time. And this is why you need the services of Dave Spano and his team at Annex Wealth Management. You just go to AnnexWealth.com. You, you do your own personal stress test for your portfolio, yep. right? Knowing what you own, why you own it. It's called a free wealth metric. It's a review of your portfolio. You can get it at Annex wealth.com you know we should sure. do what we should yeah, do we should that? actually do a stress test we actually come in we should put a treadmill all right just to make <laughs> sure that you're not going to have a grabber when you look at uh, your your statement coming up here but yeah that there's no question go through the wealth metric you know make sure that you know each one of those holdings because bank holdings are going to act differently than you know campbell's soup right or whatever right. as in your individual holdings well, that said, you know, for people who actually need their investment income right now and clearly don't have nearly as much of it as they did when uh, President Biden took office, is there is there something you can do if you're sort of at that point where you sure. need to access that money? Because what I saw in the five percent CDs. Five percent yeah. CDs. How about yeah. that? What, right? what what I saw what I saw in the latest jobs report was to me people going back into the workforce. Yep. That retirement age people realizing they could no longer afford on fixed incomes to live, and they've got to go back. And it, did is that what you kind of surmise? Well, to? well, I mean, it's there. We certainly don't want our clients saying, "Geez, here's your financial plan," and you know, call them in and say, "Ah, you got to go back and be a greeter." That's not part of our financial planning advice. But <laughs> right. did, there's certainly out there that there are people who were not working, who maybe were not in retirement age, or were baby boomers and have left it, and now they feel safer about going back. We're starting to see that in the participation rate starting to change, but not enough. I mean, we're trying to fix an unemployment rate which is at a historic low, 50-year low, mm -hmm. with a rate raise. This is a systemic issue. This is a, a much broader concern. It is an immigration issue. It is a work-from-home issue. It is so many parts of this that you can't fix it with quarter-point rates. But having said that, go through your portfolio and make sure you're positioned because the volatility is going to be in front of us, and sometimes volatility offers opportunity. We're going to leave it there because I couldn't have put it any better. That's why he's the financial professional and I just do the commentary on politics. Uh, Dave Spano, president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. Hopefully next week we've got uh, better news and, and the contagion has been contained. Uh, but we'll, we'll have to leave it there. I am Dan O'Donnell. Thanks so much for listening to The Difference. Annex Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. Opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect those of Annex Wealth Management, its producers, hosts, or guests. The host of the podcast is compensated for his endorsement of Annex Wealth Management. Information presented should not be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice, or a recommendation or solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risks. Neither Annex Wealth Management nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.